Hi there, welcome to episode 81 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. What you were just listening to comes from an underappreciated Game Boy sequel. It's the second adventure starring Pit, the angel whose wings don't work. And while its soundtrack might not be up to par with the incredibly hip Tanaka original, it's still something pretty special. Don't get turned into an eggplant, because tonight we listen to the music of Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters for the Game Boy. So, how's it going, Matt? How you been? Can't complain. Things are pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm alive, I'm employed, and people love me for some weird reason, so... Hey, man. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good setup. Yeah, right? I'm not complaining. Yeah. And yourself? I'm pretty, pretty ding dang good, if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, you know, things are things are going well over here. I've been making some progress on my game room, and uh, we're about to talk about Kid Icarus music, which you know me, I love Kid Icarus. Mm, yes. So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's all going pretty well. I just finished Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest for the first time. I saw. Yeah, I'd never beaten that one before. It's a tough one, and I will I will definitely pay you a <laughs> congratulations. I mean, it's it's actually not f- tough to execute as long as you're following a walkthrough. Correct. Like like Dracula was a joke. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, is yeah. It's absolute absolute pushover. But uh, uh, it's nice to finally actually beat that game myself um, because I had never done it before, and so I just walked through it and used the on the Castlevania collection, and I'm gonna keep steamrolling through it. Now that I've gotten that one out of the way, I can. The rest of them are action games that I can just be like, okay, I don't need to figure out what crystal to equip and then duck so that a tornado takes me somewhere. Like, I don't need to figure all that stuff out. I can just play this game. Yeah. Uh, so Dracula's Curse is up next, man. I'm excited. That's a good one. And I haven't beaten that one in a long, long, long time. I so. really enjoyed part three. I That's did. such a good game. Yeah. So. But let's talk about something yeah, else. Yeah, let's talk about what we're here to talk about, huh? Yeah, buddy. Uh, we're, we're talking about Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters, which I have a ton of feelings about. Um, and this is a pretty interesting story to, to, to boot. So, Matt, hit us with some history. Certainly. Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters was released in North America on November 5th, 1991, and on May 21st, 1992 in Europe. Strangely enough, it never saw a release in Japan. It was developed by Tosei for Game Boy and does a marvelous job of advancing the original gameplay, excuse me, of advancing the original game's gameplay. Gone are the instant death from the scrolling screen cutting off the play field. This time you can backtrack all the way to the beginning of the stage if you want to. Pitt's wings also work sort of where if you tap the jump button, he'll flap them and form fall more slowly, sort of like Mario's raccoon tail in Super Mario Bros. 3. The difficulty was also tempered a bit, and the final stage, with the three sacred treasures, was a free-roaming action stage instead of a scrolling shooter. This time around, Pitt had to battle Orcos to save Palatina and Angeland. There were eggplant wizards, labyrinths with ornery shopkeepers, and all the trappings that made the original game great but on the Game Boy. It's Kid Icarus's Metroid 2 without the genre-defining SNES follow-up. In fact, it was 21 years before Pitt got himself a third adventure. The game was re-released on the 3DS Virtual Console in 2012, marking its first release in Japan, but aside from that, it's been largely overlooked by Nintendo since its release. Really, the only other spot that uh, I've even seen a remote mention of it was in... Uh, when Pitt first uh, reappeared as a character in Smash Brothers, uh, his stage 
selection. Uh, like there was no music, no references or anything to of Miss and Monsters, but on the stage select screen, the font for the Kid Icarus stage was the font from this game. Mm. Outside of that, like that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's a real keen eye to be picking that kind of stuff up, man. I mean, I know this is one of your <laughs> all-time favorite um, franchises. Yeah, but that's that's a keen eye, dude. <laughs> it's actually honestly one of my all-time favorite pieces of box art too. I really love the box art for this game. But uh, so so this one's been driving me mad for quite some time. As far as I know, nobody knows who wrote the music for this game. Hmm. I've seen it attributed to Hip Tanaka before, but I'm about ninety-nine point nine percent sure that isn't the case because the music really is not his style at all. Uh, although the game does reuse one song from the original game, so that might be what that was all about. Uh, as Matt mentioned, this game was developed by Tose, a company who in the old days was known for its secrecy. According to VGMPF.com, Tose used to keep their staff name secret in order to make sure nobody could poach their employees. Mm. Um, Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters, like many other Tose projects, doesn't feature a credits roll at the end. Many of their old projects have been claimed by composers over the years, but my research has yielded zero results in trying to find the name of the person who wrote this music. Which really bums me out, because uh, not only is it great music, um, this is a part of Nintendo's history, and it's a complete mystery. Uh, I have reached out to Tose, but nobody has returned my calls or email. Big surprise. Uh, they're a very Japanese company, and I'm just some white dude from New Jersey. Uh, I did, however, speak to somebody at Nintendo. I called their customer service line and, and went through a couple of different lines to talk to a person. Uh, and he put some serious effort into finding finding an answer for me, but much to his chagrin, he came up empty. He, uh, he said that I had stumped him on this one, and he was really apologetic about not being able to help me. Um, and uh, that was kind of a bummer, too, although not a terrible surprise, because I don't imagine Nintendo of America has records on this that... I, if anyone in the, on this planet knows who wrote this music, it's the game's composer themselves, and uh, possibly a record at Tose of who worked on the project. But nobody seems interested in tracking down who those people were, so... Um, there we have it. I don't have anyone to attribute this music to other than Tose, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, if I was a little bit more diligent in really listening to uh, other Tose soundtracks, I could probably make some educated guesses based on style, but I don't have that much of a uh, a deep knowledge of uh, the, the specific Tose composers who have come forward and claimed certain projects as things that they've done. So... That's the great mystery of Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. That's pretty cool, though, in, in some respect. It's this company, Tose, almost has their own, like, wrecking crew. Uh, and, uh, you know, now it completely escapes me, the, the backing band that did all the Motown stuff, uh, hmm. where for years nobody knew who they were, and, and only in the last uh, decade or, you know, 20 years or so have their names come out. Because these, you know, these musicians were unsung heroes for so long. They attributed yeah. to some of the most popular music to date. So that's kind of interesting though. I kind of, I like that. I like a little mystery with my uh, entertainment. Yeah. I do wish that it was, I do wish I could have solved the mystery. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's course, a neat it story, amazing. you know, like, uh, but the, this, this was a similar situation with Atari, you know, it was the reason Activision exists was because Atari wouldn't let people put their names on their games. And mm -hmm. so those people broke off and formed Activision and, we're all about like, yo, this is a David Crane joint right here. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting some David Crane in your pitfall right now. Um, 
uh, so so like that kind of stuff was cool but um yeah it's you know kid icarus is just such an important franchise to me and having this second title which is a really solid game um be such a mystery as far as like who actually made it uh all the different aspects of it is a real bummer to me but uh so before we dive into more of my time with the game do you have any history with this game no all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Um, so I owned a Game Boy. I don't know if I've told the story before. I'm going to tell the story now, though, and I'm going to bum out a lot of our fans. Um, Fun. But, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm here for. Uh, you're the upper, I'm the downer. <laughs> I had, I'd gotten a Game Boy for Christmas, and I was so ecstatic, you know, and um, I received it, and I played the hell out of it. I only had Tetris for a long, long time, and I might own uh, the Mario game, too. And, uh, you know, I was all of 11 or so, and I thought it was a great idea to take it with me to summer camp, and I put it down, and it was gone. Ah, but. Yep, so that was it. But now I get to relive uh, a lot of these, you know, we talk about these games, and then I immediately go home and play them on the emulator, which is great, you know, so I get a second chance. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's certainly better than nothing, and I do recommend playing this one. Because, um, like I said in the uh, like we wrote in the um, uh, the history section here, this this much like Metroid Two to Metroid One, this game solved a lot of issues that the first game had. Um, it's not quite as overtly weird in its uh, monster designs. Like it's still you know snakes falling out of pots and stuff like that, and the you know the eggplant wizard is still very much part of the game, uh, and it does still have a very goofy sense of humor and whatnot. But um, it also has uh you know a lot more. Let's say the some of the enemy designs there aren't any Groucho glasses with you know mustache feet chasing after you in this game. There's, <laughs> there's stuff like bats, you know, or some of the you know enemies are a bit more mundane. But outside right. of that, um, just from a pure gameplay perspective and its overall look. Uh, it's it's a really nice game and a really really good follow up to uh to the original Kid Icarus and I would have always just loved to see where this game where this series went from there instead instead of just the toilet like it did. Um, yeah. My experience with this game was uh you know I was a fan of the original Kid Icarus and uh, this game came out and my my neighbor James got it and uh, I played it at his house and I thought it was great. It was uh, it was just playing it at the time like Kid Icarus was just another one of Nintendo's properties that they were just going to continue to churn out over time. I was as excited for this as I was for Metroid Two, and um, it was really fun to play. You know, to play through. We we made it through the game together. I loved the fact that his you know Pitt's wings worked, um, but really more than anything, I fell completely in love with the box art. Like right off the bat. Um, my other friend Jeff had a subscription to Nintendo Power, and I remember seeing the like. There was a whole section on uh, the initial Nintendo Power about this game, and had all this original artwork in it. And you know, there was a of Missing Monsters trading card when they did the uh, the Nintendo Power trading cards in the back of the ma- magazines, and the art direction was just so good because the original the original game's art direction is like it's pretty cute inside the instruction manual, but like you know, Pit as a character looked very 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 simplistic and um it just wasn't very refined uh not unlike uh let's say or you know link or mario in their first appearances but um 
it, they refined his design a bit more in uh, the sequel, and he just looks great. He's very expressive. You know, his eyes aren't just you know black dots anymore. Uh, he's just got a very kind of cherubish. Uh, adorable design and and it's it's great i love the art direction in this game so much and um it was so long you know, i was you know, super mario world the link to the past super metroid mega man x castlevania 4 like all right where's my kid icarus mm-hmm. and it didn't happen yeah. and then it didn't happen on n64 or gamecube or wii or Game Boy advance or anything it just it just disappeared until uh pit resurfaced in um, smash brothers brawl and Boy, that trailer i like lost my mind when they're they're, they're fighting uh and they show all the characters get all like souped up and whatnot and uh meta knight shows up and uh i'm like all right cool meta knight that's a great addition and then an arrow comes out of nowhere and i'm like no they didn't <laughs> and like pit shows up with this amazing character redesign i'm like oh you've oh this is amazing um but like i said uh, uh earlier talking about the um his his appearances like they just completely ignored this game um when he was a trophy in smash brothers melee the trophy was not based off of this character design it was based off of the original artwork for the first kid icarus game um and this game didn't see release in japan which is why that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily surprise me because it's the same reason we don't get any uh star tropics references in smash brothers because if it didn't come out in japan it's kind of like really not noticeable um kid icarus uprising as amazing as that game is it doesn't necessarily make this game non-canon um but it certainly doesn't mention it (laughs) like at any of the events in this game at all um which is a bummer because there's some good stuff here and uh, i i hate seeing stuff like that overlooked but that's the case with a lot of game boy sequels up until recently like super mario land doesn't get the to get the love it deserves you know metroid 2 got remade recently link's awakening uh, is getting remade but this one's still kind of like really shoved off in the back seat which is a it's a bummer because it's a good game i was gonna ask if um were there any plans ever to do anything after this or they just got scrapped or just nothing I'm honestly not sure. Uh, the first time I started hearing rumblings of uh, Kid Icarus sequels, like actual rumblings, was around the Wii era. Uh, and there was a supposed Factor 5 developed Kid Icarus sequel that was coming out for the Wii that had a very, very different kind of design. Uh, kind of turned Pit into more of an adult uh, situation. Um, there was some rumblings around the GameCube era that... Um, the game, the Capcom 5, remember those five exclusive Capcom games that were supposed to be for GameCube? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones that got canceled was a game called uh, Dead Phoenix that some people thought was like uh, a code name for a sequel to Kid Icarus. Mm. Uh, either that or some sort of a, a extension of the Legendary Wings franchise. Um, but no, it was kind of out of nowhere. It was one of those things that the fans of the series had been requesting a lot uh, Mm -hmm. as just something like, Hey, Nintendo, you should really revitalize this franchise because it's cool. I mean, he's a character that people from my generation know because he was one of the main characters in Captain and the Game Master, you know? Right. That was Pitt, Mega Man, Simon Belmont, and Kevin and his dog and a floating Game Boy. It was a weird show. (laughs) Yeah, I remember Uh, that one. But, uh, you know, he was... uh, Kid Icarus was one of the things you know he was in the the ending screen from that tetris game where all the nintendo characters are playing instruments like pitt was one of their characters and then he just until he wasn't 
Yeah. And um, always bummed me out. But, you know, Kid Icarus Uprising was amazing. I love him in Smash Brothers. Uh, I really hope we continue to see him around. Uprising's it was a couple of years old. We're about due for a new Kid Icarus if anyone's going to pick up the reins on that franchise. So, you know, my fingers crossed every year. Every year when E3 rolls around, like, oh, maybe we're going to get a new Kid Icarus. Nah, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's get to work, huh? Let's start listening to some music. Let's do it to it. Okay, the first uh, first track we're going to listen to is called uh, Title. At least I think it's called Title. Uh, these are they're kind of just <laughs> it named be called after anything. It could be called anything. We don't even know who wrote it. <clears throat> I'd ask them, but I don't know who they are. Uh, so yeah, this is the title screen music, and um, again, you're going to notice a pretty quick, uh, pretty quickly if you're like me that this is not Hip Tanaka. You know, this is not his. This is not his style. This is not his level of quality uh, per se. But again. I ask everyone to just judge it based on what it is instead of what it isn't. Uh, and what it is, I think, is pretty cool. This is a um, a pretty different flavor uh, from the original game's title screen, but it is, a, uh, I think, a very fitting one. It adds just the right level of epicness to the proceedings. So uh, let's give it a listen, shall we? Here is Title from Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. Title screen music from Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. Um, that one little jump there is technically this is two different tracks kind of smushed together um, uh, because the way it works is like there's this little kind of scrolly bit and when you press you press a button or it just kind of switches to that second track automatically. Um, so that's kind of why there isn't really a very natural transition there. Uh, it's similar to the opening of Mega Man 2, you know, um, when uh, you finish climbing the uh, building and the, the title se- sequence, and then it goes... <laughs> Before it goes to... <laughs> like, that's actually two different tracks entirely that it switches to, so... Uh, this is just a version of that that has it squished together. But um, one of the things I really like about this is something you don't, I feel I don't hear a lot in, uh, especially video game music of this era, is really playing with uh, the, the time signature. Like, it's it speeds up and slows down a lot, uh, which is is, is neat. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's very effective title screen music. Uh, having never played, but uh, I, I have a good uh, theater of imagination, I can see it. 
um, as a title screen, especially the bit at the end that kind of breaks down. Mm-hmm. I imagine like something's happening, and um, I I could almost uh, I don't know for for lack of imagination now with my theater of imagination being so great, um, <laughs> I think of something like uh, Castlevania, where you know Simon walks up to the castle and then turns and you see his back and then the big castle. So I imagine like you know seeing something like that and then it slows down as you know Pitt would I don't know proverbially turn to face the quest ahead. That would have been really cool, but it's not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. A, it's far less imaginative than that. It's very much just a, um, you know, there's some scrolling text and then just a static title screen. Um, it's very reminiscent of the title screen of Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link. Mm, um, okay. Know, some some scrolly text, uh, and then you just get the, the logo on a, a backdrop of, you know, Greek mythology-esque stuff. Two-tone coloring. Yes, without <laughs> without all the color, yeah. Um, I did like the uh, left and right channels, uh, like mm-hmm. yeah. bass in the right and kind of melody in the left. And that was pretty cool, kind of uh, letting my brain kind of put that together <laughs> and like trying to hear it together as a full song. Yeah, that's something the Game Boy did a lot of. Uh, the Game Boy was all about that stereo sound and you'll hear a bunch of that in the in the, the tracks tonight. Nice. Yeah, good solid stuff. So we're off to a pretty good start, and uh, this next one—I uh, I mean, I, I hate to say it's the high point, but uh, it is for me personally. I don't think it's going to be for you. Mm-hmm. There's a, a song later. I think you're really gonna really gonna dig. But uh, this one's uh, always been my favorite song in the game. Uh, I love it. I think it's super catchy. It's your your basic level one adventure action music, right? It's like, it's that feel. Um, but I think it's a really, I just think it's a really catchy song. Um, and it was the you know one of the things that really helped me glom onto this game when I first played it was just like you know you you get to that first level and you think all right what what am I in for is this going to be a worthy successor is this going to be uh you know something that really follows up that first game and as soon as this music kicked in I was like yep I'm sold I'm <laughs> I'm in this game's great uh, and I've loved it ever since so this is uh this is the music for Underworld because it follows a very similar pattern of uh, the original game as far as the uh, you know, the, the locations you go to. So the game starts the underworld and here's the music. Enjoy.
Underworld from Kid Icarus of Missing Monsters, and that song never ceases to make me smile. Oh boy, I I I love just about everything about it. It's a it's got it's got the right feel that kind of um you know for adventure feel yes. you know, but it yes, also it just just very lighthearted um because that's kind of there's not a lot of heavy stuff in Kid Icarus. Uh, because it, it, it is inherently goofy. I mean, there's an eggplant wizard for crying out loud. Uh, it it is inherently goofy, and it does kind of this really portrays that. It's just such a, f- a phenomenal job of setting the stage for the kind of adventure you're about to go on. Uh, and I I adore this track. Um, I will agree with everything you said. It really does set the tone for um adventure. You know, <laughs> this like Dudley Do Right. You know, blindly running into. It's combat. very triumphant, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Um, again, the left and right. I'm, I'm really digging that. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm very impressed with essentially the level of uh, complexity mm-hmm. uh, to the composition. Like, there's like a lot of stuff going on, you know. And I don't know if it, I, I would, I would actually like to hear it on an actual Game Boy to see if they did stuff with like 3D spatial relations, because there are certain parts that feel like, um, uh, for lack of uh, descriptive, it's like just just a little above my head, and then there's you know how you listen to modern music and they intentionally EQ things to make it sound like it's behind you or below uh-huh. you or something. Like if you close your eyes and you try and imagine a 3D. Uh, spatial relation to the sound so i'm hearing some of that and again i don't know if that's uh part of the original uh like if i were to listen to it on a game boy would i get the same thing or not if i'm not if so that's amazing and if not that's you know it's still a great composition it's a lot of fun i believe you would um if memory serves me right this is listening to this track is exactly how it sounded listening to it on a game boy and those kinds of effects were very prevalent when listening to a Game Boy with headphones. Like mm-hmm. they were all about doing that kind of stuff. Like they didn't they didn't really mess with it with NES, but boy, Game Boy games, especially first party Nintendo ones, from my recollection, are very much like enjoy some stereo sounds, baby, because we're going nuts. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine the like the uh, uh the Nintendo doing that because like I, I would imagine most people are watching uh playing it on a television through this an rf is, switch <laughs> right this you're it's handheld nine times out of ten you're you know on a bus or in a car mm-hmm. or in your room or something so headphones just make sense yeah no you're, you're right and uh, i'm glad that they i'm glad that they did that and i've always loved that about game boy soundtracks is how wonderfully stereo they are uh and yeah the little the old Twinkly noises, the it it sounds very um, it, there's there's a lot of very orchestral kind of themes to it, you know, like I can yes. very easily hear this translating with the very big like, dun, 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 and then it kind of you know pulls pulls itself back and then hits those very heavy, you know, those heavy hits and then pulls itself back to a melody, then the heavy hits again. It's it's a it's such a such a darn delightful piece of music. I love it so much. <laughs> Ah, all right. Well, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> well, we'll see. You said, yeah, we'll s- see. No, I'm, I'm kidding. There's, there's lots of great music left uh, to listen to. It's, uh, none of it is my favorite because you know, you know my style of music. Sure. Like I appreciate all kinds of stuff, but when it comes right down with the, you know, the major chords, uh, happy music is really where my soul lies. Uh, so next up is Grim Reaper. Uh, they didn't really change much about the Grim Reaper. Uh, in the Kid Icarus games, um, from the first game, uh, he's still this slow-moving, 
sad looking fella that freaks the heck out as soon as he sees you and summons the Reapettes, little miniature Grim Reapers who fly around the screen. Um, <laughs> the music for the Grim Reaper in this game is less weird than the music for the Grim Reaper in the first one. Because uh, I, I don't know if I like it better or worse uh, than the <laughs> original one. Because uh, the original one has always been like, Wow, that's really, really weird. Uh, and this is also really weird, but kind of on a different layer of weird. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's pretty short. Uh, enjoy. Here is Grim Reaper from Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. So, what'd you think of that one? <laughs> Not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really scream Grim Reaper, does it? <laughs> no. I was hoping that, because uh, when I saw the titles and you said, like, oh, this isn't going to be your favorite, I was hoping that this was going to be my favorite, and I was very sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, this is this is no one's favorite song from this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very rudimentary. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a loop of yeah. stuff and... That's it. I I don't have much to say about it. I, but again, it does it does do that complex or it it does put some level of complexity to it where again, spatial uh relations to the um the sounds and stuff. It's 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 just another example of of that. And I think that itself is interesting. The track itself may may not be, you know, all it's cracked up to be, but that itself is is kind of worth the price of admission, I suppose. Yeah, and I also like the weird squeaky noises. It's like, <laughs> like they're really kind of off-key, oddball noises. Yeah. And like, the, the, when you listen to the, the original Grim Reaper song, it's, I guess it's ever slightly more structured, but it's not longer. It's still just a couple of seconds that just keeps looping over and over again until you kill all the Reapettes. And that was one of the main reasons I never wanted to get spotted by the Grim Reaper was like, I don't mind dealing with the Reapettes. I just don't want to stop this great music to listen to this grating, <laughs> uh, repetitive thing over and over again. So I could I could see that as uh, a reason. So the next track we're going to listen to is a, a track called Fortress. Um, as in the uh, original Kid Icarus, it again it follows a very similar structure. You play through, uh, you know, a certain kind of stage for I think three levels, and then the fourth one is a fortress stage. Like it's a big uh, labyrinth kind of kind of thing uh, with ladders and uh, you know hammers breaking a uh, free your um, centurion knights and stuff. It's uh, it, it's again very similar to what they did in the first game, but uh, a bit more refined. Uh, and I really like this uh, this fortress theme quite a bit because you spend a lot of time in these places uh, because they're 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 very much mazes. Um, and uh, I think this is a really really cool theme. It's a it's a different feel than the um, the the fortress theme from the original game. The original one was uh, I think a little bit more eerie. <laughs> This is, I mean, I'll, I kind of, I'm always reluctant to say something is better than something Hip to Knock it did, but I do think, I think this is a better song than the original mm. Fortress song. But, uh, so here we go. Good track. Fortress. Let's listen. Enjoy.
tonight. That's Fortress from Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. And uh, that's, 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 that's a song that's really fun when you listen to it on its own. Like, it makes really great... It makes really great background music for these fortress levels because, um, you know, everything has been action up to this point and the action grinds to a halt on the fortress stages because there, there's no, there's, there's some scrolling in this version, uh, over the original one. The original one was just single screen, single screen. This one's, uh, just because the camera's more zoomed in, there's a little bit, a little bit of scrolling involved, but it is very much like one room okay where do i go in this room uh, very much like the the dungeons in the original nes legend of zelda you know mm-hmm. block by block looking at them piece by piece how does this giant puzzle fit together um it's very it's it's a lot more methodical and and how you have to play the stages um and uh i just i just love the way this casually just builds like it's that one very cool little rhythm, you know, you got, it's just the bass and a little bit of hi-hat, I guess, going on there. And I love the, the very cool snare drum kind of rhythm that they got going on underneath it. Like it's very like, like really, really nice hits. Um, and then it just kind of continues to build and there's like a sustaining note and, uh, you know, another harmony and then another harmony. Um, but it's also just ever so slightly, um, like it, it, it's odd. It's it's plucky, you know. It's it's very. Uh, it still fits within the the realm of like. There's a touch of dread because you are in. You know, you're getting close to a boss, but at the same time, it's not too serious. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on it? I'll agree with you. It doesn't feel too serious. Again, you know, I'm I'm approaching this from a very detached uh, point of view. It doesn't feel too serious. It actually does feel very cool. Like you said, there is like a. That like a there's like a an element of jazz to it, um, but like I think I think the track overall is ah, really good. I liked it a lot. Um, again, the spatialness of of particular uh, pieces, uh, that baseline was great. It um it, it tango. That's the word I was thinking of. <laughs> it's got a like a tangoy feel to it, right? I can def yes. Sorry, Absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just didn't no. want to forget it again. I was like, oh, what's that? What's that? It's a tango. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> I'm I'm sure our fans love it. Um, yes, it definitely does have a a tango feel to it. Um, it's it's a great track. It's a really really great track. So far, my favorite. I'm cool. I am curious uh, to hear uh, the original. How you're saying that? You know, you hate to say that this did it better than Tanaka's. Uh, yeah, and and really, it's I think the only track in the game that did uh, that, that is I think better than uh, than uh, than Tanaka's, with the exception of maybe this next track as well, uh, the boss music. Uh, but that's that's probably a tie for me. Um, yeah, we um, God, I guess you weren't on our Kid Icarus episode, were you? Was that still Vicky? I forget. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been so long. Yeah, um, we did. Um, the the Arcade Icarus episode was a lot of fun. Um, I was so thrilled to do that one. Uh, definitely recommend going back and listening to it. And uh, really, have you do you not have really experience with the NES version either? Uh, you know, not much. I've I've played it a little bit, but so long ago. Hmm. I would definitely recommend if you get your hands on the uh, on a 3DS or a 2DS, uh, something along those lines, mm-hmm. there is a version of it that is downloadable, the 3D Classics Kid Icarus, mm-hmm. that's just so good. Um, they added these wonderful backgrounds to the stages. Uh, it's the same exact mu- um, um, visuals, uh, like the, the actual graphics themselves are the same, except uh, instead of just flat colored backgrounds, they added these gorgeous 
8-bit style renderings of, of mountains and trees and stuff. It's so wonderful. Nice. Uh, can't possibly recommend that enough. But Your Kid Icarus episode was episode 41. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that was before your time, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Well, good time. Rick, go listen to it. It's a good episode. <laughs> uh, I'm going to. You guys should, too. Sweet. Uh, okay, well, then uh, we'll move on to the next track, which, uh, like I mentioned before, is the boss music. Uh, you know, you, you go to these fortresses, and then you eventually get to a boss. And uh, this isn't... Uh, we, we, we love boss music here on this show. Yes, sir. Uh, and this isn't, like... This isn't um, the most amazingly written track in the world, but it is very effective boss music. Because um, uh, some of the bosses are very... They take some time to kill some of the bosses in this game. Um, not that they're like super hard. It's just like you don't do a lot of damage, so you just got to keep keep peck, pecking yeah. away at them. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to it. Here is Boss from Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. music uh what'd you think of that one matt i gotta tell you man i really enjoyed it as far as boss <laughs> music is concerned and uh, to put into perspective that it is in fact a game boy track and you know i give it i give it a little bit of leeway uh just because of it being a game boy track i thought that was really good boss music it is it's it's very it's very solid uh i think the thing that's always kind of like I, I don't know if bothered is the right word, but um, I feel like that's the intro to a song. Like, I kept waiting for it to explode. I could see um, that. But I think that was, I'd like to think that was at least somewhat intentional because good boss music puts you on your toes. So Correct. So you're subliminally thinking to yourself, you're waiting for something else to happen. You're waiting for that other shoe to drop musically, mm-hmm. uh, and it just doesn't happen. So it's just kind of like this constant... Is something going to happen? This Some, constant gonna happen. state of suspension. I, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is very, like I said, it's very effective. Like as a you know a piece of music, there's not a lot to it, um, but there is right. at the same time. Like it's just not very long uh, until it loops. But it does a lot with a little. Exactly. Yes. Very. Very well said. Well. All right. Uh, then let let us let us continue the Kidicarus train yes. and move on to the next world. So the the fortress and the boss music is the same. Uh, at the end of all of these other places. So uh, we're just going to go on to the other uh, areas of the game, which is the next one is the overworld. We started in the underworld, and then we move on to the overworld, uh, which is cool. So let's listen to it. (laughs) Enjoy.
is The Overworld from Kid Icarus of Missing Monsters for the Game Boy. Um, what did you think of that one? I thought that was really good. Um, I'm a big fan of it, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm digging a lot of the music that we're listening to, having never heard it before. I think, I think this is a really good track. I think it's very indicative of uh, Overworlds as mm-hmm. they go. Um, again, composition's great. Spatial uh, uh, relations to the instruments, uh, fantastic. A lot of great um, bass lines in some of these tracks, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, very, yeah, definitely. Bass lines are, are really spot on in this game. Uh, this is also, um, I, again, since I know you don't have uh, a whole lot of experience with uh, Kid Icarus games, this is also the, um, the first side-scrolling stage. Uh, mm-hmm. The way um, the Kid Icarus games, the, this follows a similar structure in, in the actual level layouts. It's the first stage is a vertical scroller. And um, what was uh, the original game was just obscenely difficult with that was that, um, you know, if you there, you couldn't scroll back down. So if you fell off of any of the very precariously placed platforms, you're uh, SOL. Exactly. You're, you're donezo. And there's no live system either. It's just I'm finished game over and then you have to start over again. Oof. Uh, yeah, it, it was brutal. Um, so in this game, with the original, with the opening stage, it's still a vertical scroller, but it does this weird thing where you know, in like um, the original Mario Brothers or a bunch of arcade games, you would just walk off one end of the screen and reappear on the other. Yep. The original Kid Icarus did that as well. The way this game plays that is that it scrolls, but it repeats itself. Like it's as if you're doing that, reappearing on the other side but it's as if it's seamlessly scrolling through the background. It's so weird. It is so weird, but um, it is overall just a, a, a within column vertical stage. This one is very much a side scrolling stage. Uh, and that's kind of when I feel the, the first game really opened up was after the first labyrinth. Everything past that is just absolute joy. It's just, you got to survive that first, that first, uh, the, for the underworld stages. Um, and this one, uh, I think the underworld stage is a lot more fun to play since you can fall down and and travel back down if you feel you missed something and take more risks with the platforming. Um, but uh, yeah, good 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 stuff. I think that this music really matches that the uh, the stakes are slightly higher as you're moving through this game. You know, like the first one was like, "Yay for adventure!" and the and now you've beaten the first boss, and you're like, "Okay, now it's uh things are a little bit more serious, not too serious because this stage has lots of like feet falling from the sky trying to step on you uh because it is still kid Icarus and it is still weird, but um <laughs> I do like I, I like almost everything about this track again, it's just uh I like the the way it kind of resolves itself before looping uh it's it's just smartly written and very good stuff i I agree. I don't. I don't have much to add to that, honestly. As far as I'm concerned, you're the forerunning expert on Kid Icarus, <laughs> at least in my tiny world. Um, so Probably I so. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't want uh, you to have to fight somebody for that. So <laughs> I, su- I assume it would get very dirty and ugly. Um, I would just be happy to meet somebody else who likes Kid Icarus as much as I do. <laughs> that's also a good point. Um, no, but I, I can't add much to it. It's it's a beautiful track. I think I think it's uh, like I said uh, a few minutes ago. I'm I'm liking a lot of the stuff that I'm listening to, and I know uh, something that came to mind while I was listening to that piece of music, that particular piece of music, because I haven't really thought about it up to that moment, I would actually like to hear a band cover this. And if it exists and you're listening, please post it on our, on our forum page. Yeah, I would, please do. I've never heard anyone cover any of this music. I would love to hear that particular track played by like a four or five piece band. 
That would be awesome. Yeah. So, and and if you're listening and you're capable of doing it, get out there and do it. Yeah, record it. No, nobody's done this yet, so somebody <laughs> should. <laughs> All right, let's travel to Sky World. Um, let's see. Uh, Sky World is uh, the next area you visit in the game. Uh, it's pretty neat, and this is a a very different track. Um, and it's also very different from its counterpart in the original game. So let's give it a listen. Here is Sky World. Enjoy. That was Sky World. Uh, nice to hear a waltz, right? <laughs> that is a waltz. That is very much a waltz. It's very much a waltz. <laughs> it's a, yeah, neat, neat, neat stuff. Uh, what'd you think? I feel like that's um, a track that is uh, disembodied from the game, I'd say. Is that from a sky level? Yeah, like, you right. Know? <laughs> it's very much in that uh, vein of... Um, you know, sky level music or, you know, jumping through the cloud level or, or whatever the case may be. Um, another beautiful track, again, uh, giving a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, hell. Uh, you know, coming from a Game Boy, it's a really beautifully crafted track, as, again, all of these are, at least the ones that are, you know, actual long tracks, not these small Grim Reaper pieces. Um not too much of the spatial stuff going on uh, doesn't take away from it. Uh, 
not necessarily my uh in my top three or anything like that, but um certainly a, a beautiful track, and I can absolutely see again see it being a sky level track. Yeah, I find it very effective, and it is it is a beautiful track. I really like um again like the the previous one. I really like the way it resolves before it loops. I, I yes, I, it's 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 really really pretty and um very fitting because it is very much a you know it it takes place in the clouds, so it's a it reminds me a little bit of the um the bubbly clouds theme from the original Kirby's Dreamland. Yes, and it's a similar. Uh, there's a lot of similar looking things going on. You know, the platforms are made of clouds, and yeah. you jump on them and jump through them, and all that business. It's, it is a, uh, it's it's cool, man. <laughs> it's, it's cool, and I like it. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. Okay, so the next track we're going to listen to is called Final Fortress, um, and it is the it's the last fortress stage, which you know, surprise. <laughs> uh, for some reason, this one has a different. Um, uh, just it just has different music. Uh, it is just another fortress stage. It's not like heading on to the battle uh, with with Workos. It's uh, this is I believe if memory serves me right. Uh, this is I sound like the the chairman from Iron Chef. If memory serves me right, and then I take a bite out of a pepper. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if memory serves me right, this is uh, the stage where you get the last of the sacred treasures, uh, three sacred treasures, so that you can then you know tackle the sky palace and get to orcos and save palutena uh etc etc um this is the track that i thought that you would actually like the most um okay because it is it's 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 dark it is off-putting uh it is it is an it is a strange and interesting track and uh, i think it's pretty good it is everything that sounds like it will tick all my boxes awesome uh it's also pretty freaking long so uh you know strap in. in yeah strap in for strap in for something that does not have a lot it has, again, it has a lot going on, but it doesn't. It does a lot with a little. So here is Final Fortress. Enjoy.
That's Final Fortress. It's pretty weird music, huh? I, all I could keep saying in my head was how clever. Like, how clever is this track? How clever <laughs> is this track? How clever is this track? How clever is this composition? How clever is this track? <laughs> um, you were absolutely right. It does so much with so little. Um, it, it's, it's sparse uh, orchestration. It's choice in instruments um just just the a weird cadence of the drums yeah it, it's just such a brilliant little track it's like wow it's like the little track that could it it <laughs> does it, it like it paints so much it's so vivid in invoking such a picture in my head i, I I'm, I'm blown away by that actually i won't say that it's my favorite track but I'm so friggin' impressed by it that I'm. It, it might just be on the top of my list just because of how impressed I am by it. All right, cool. I I knew I knew it would at very, the very least impress you. Um, uh, yes, you knew correctly. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's hardly a track that I go back to and listen to. Um, no. But listening to it for the sake of discussion right now is really mm-hmm. is really interesting to just really just kind of pick that pick that track apart because you know, as it fits into the game, it's like, okay, uh, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's it's putting me off my balance in what is the final fortress before you get to the, you know, the big final round, which in this game is very strange because, you know, you get to the, you finish this off, you beat the boss, and then Palutena is like, hey, you finished the training. You're now allowed to use the three sacred treasures. And like, all right. And then Orcos shows up and says, I'm Orcos, you're a wimp. Uh, I've just turned Palutena to stone. Come get some, um, and then you do. <laughs> it is a it is it is a strange experience, but you know this whole game is a strange experience. One of the reasons I love it so darn much. Uh, that's what I'm coming to understand from your explanation: the uh, the weird feet falling from the sky, the yeah, the strange level of humor to it. So <laughs> you know, when you said the feet falling from the sky, I was like, they made a Monty Python video game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. How did I not know about this? So uh, the next track we're going to li- going to be listening to is Sky Palace, uh, and it is the so in the original Kid Icarus, it threw this really fun monkey wrench into the works where the last stage was a scrolling shooter instead of a platformer like the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one took out the scrolling shooter aspect of it and basically just gave you free reign to use the um, three sacred treasures in a more platforming esque situation. Uh, which is really, really cool because you now have free, just complete, full free flight. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can just fly anywhere and everywhere. Uh, you have just completely badass arrows and, and and some armor on. Like you're really, you're really strong for this stage. Uh, and things can still kill you because the enemies are pretty darn strong in this stage. Uh, but it's just got a really fun feeling to it because it's just, um, it's that final push before the final boss, uh, who is pretty wild. Uh, so here is a uh, Sky Palace. Let's give it a listen. Enjoy.
have Sky Palace. Um, th that's a track that I feel I feel really works as a good counterpoint to uh, the Underworld theme from the beginning of the game, mm. um, because it's a it's it's again that fine that kind of very like triumphant let's go get them kind of thing, but it's also very much more. It feels much more end of adventure. It feels much more final push. Uh, and I, I, I think it's very effective. I like it quite a bit. I can totally see that, uh, the idea of a final push, air quotes. Um, that's a good track. Definitely, yeah. It's definitely in the vein of that um, gallant, you know, push forward and, and you know, to adventure. But mm -hmm. I see what you mean, too, with the counterpoint, because it's not quite the same. It's almost like um, uh, the next portion of orchestration yeah it's not quite as overtly optimistic as the first one is you know it's not as as happy sounding mm -hmm. uh it is just a little bit more about you know all right get the last of your bravery together because we're ready to we're ready to take on this uh this last boss um a last boss which i must say i really really dig in this game um mm -hmm. this is a really cool last boss fight um it doesn't look that way at first uh, just if you'd look at it, because Orcos is approximately the same size as Pit mm -hmm. uh, in this in this particular. The, so it's a twofold thing. Like the first fight against Orcos is uh, set to the regular boss music, um, and it is not a very visually impressive thing. But the boss fight itself is so unique because um, he is a he's a flying enemy, uh, very similar to say the um, uh, Firebrand. Uh, gargoyle characters in the Ghost, Ghost and Goblins games, you know what I mean? Yes. Just able to fly everywhere. And when you think of characters like that, or boss characters, even enemy characters like that, your character is usually grounded. You can jump and shoot at them, but you always have to dodge their superior maneuverability. Mm -hmm. What's cool about this last boss fight is that you have the sacred treasures, so you're just as maneuverable as he is. Uh -huh. You have free flight around this room, so it kind of turns into this weird, almost dogfight kind of situation uh, as you're flying around this this um, giant... It's like a Tetris well, basically. like It's a bi giant vertical rectangle, uh, so there's not a ton of room... Uh, the only real maneuverability he has over you is that he can fly off the edge of the screen if he wanted to. Um, it makes for a pretty interesting fight. Uh, it's not like, you know, the most amazing thing in the universe. It's certainly not very visually impressive, um, but it is uh, it is still pretty darn cool. Uh, and, and as far as just as the last boss battle in this kind of a game goes, what is super cool, and especially for the time, is the last, the actual second part of it, where this next song plays uh, with the final battle against Orcos is he is uh, gigantic. And this is very much Kraid from Super Metroid Gigantic. He is two screens tall. Holy cow. Uh, which is wild to see on functioning a on a Game Boy, yeah. right? Because he's, he's essentially two moving static images. Uh, one is his uh, feet and or tail. And then the top part is like his, his arm and like his or his arm and head it's very cleverly used the way they keep scrolling these big just pieces that slide in and out of the screen to give the effect of a giant giant monster um attacking you uh it's a very memorable uh final boss uh sequence uh far more memorable than the original uh fight against medusa uh because he's just he's just a funky looking creature and um it's a fun fight it, it does take some time 
Uh, it is, it is certainly time consuming and like you have to manually flap your wings and, uh, you know, use your free flying and, and all that to, to fight him. But it's, it's a, it's a cool boss fight it really is. Um, and it's also the last track we're going to listen to tonight, uh, outside of the track that we send you away with. So, uh, let's give a listen to Orcos. Enjoy. um it's 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 perfect for the situation it's it does that great thing where it's it loops too early you know like it doesn't give you a full eight measures it like cuts off around seven and it's very lumbering because you're fighting this gigantic creature who just wants to squish you or throw bats at you for some reason uh <laughs> It's it's really cool, uh, and as a piece to listen to on your own, just like, yeah, I'll listen to this as, like, cool background music. It's not super cool, um, as far as I'm concerned, but it is a, I think it's a great piece. I really like it. Um, I dig it a lot. I, I absolutely like it as much as you do, I think. Um, everything you just said, it's, it's, um, it's menacing enough, um, I think it absolutely falls in line with all the other pieces of music. Um, it's it's certainly final boss music to some extent, more more than less, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it is it is a little off putting uh, about the measures. You know, really, um, really solid choices in orchestration. Agreed. Yeah very yeah it's it's just effective it's it yeah. does exactly what it sets out to do it's and um it as music isn't super memorable like it's not the kind of thing you just humming in your head but that whole fight is so memorable that it's just it, it really works it really it comes together in exactly the right kind of way i mean i i dug it i dug that i dug a lot of the stuff i dug more stuff than i thought i would you know sometimes i go into these um i i think i have um I don't know, uh, a biased opinion against, like, the Game Boy. Because I think, uh, I look at the Game Boy and I think, like, oh, what what could that possibly sonically produce? You know, it's a tiny little speaker, it's a tiny cart, you know, how much space could the music and sound effects possibly take up on that thing? Not much, and what can you do with so little? But this is proof positive that, uh, you know, something so little can do so much uh, just a handful of tracks on their own and then just as a soundtrack overall I, i'm very pleasantly surprised with this one and i'm, I'm actually really happy you you put a gun to my head put me on the show and made me <laughs> listen to it <laughs> someone help me please no <laughs> I, I all jokes aside fantastic um soundtrack and i i think i'm really gonna run and and go home and play this just because i want to hear it now in its environment together as the as i always talk about the total package i want to play the mm-hmm. game with the soundtrack and see how it was you know uh, intended 
You definitely should. It, it, this game gets such a high recommendation from me, and it's it's also one of those things that's heartbreaking to play because you see, like, so this game didn't get overly ambitious. Like this game went, okay, here's what worked from the first game. Let's refine let's refine that and make it better. Uh, but I would have loved to see where they went ambition-wise from here, you know? Because Metroid 2 is a very similar kind of situation. They're like, okay, this is what worked in the original Metroid. Let's see what we can do to expand upon that, you know? Let's give Samus more maneuverability. Let's do the spider ball. Let's, uh, you know, get a little funkier with a couple of things like bosses. Um, And this one... And then they did Super Metroid and just, like, exploded. Uh, you know, same thing with The Legend of Zelda, you know, Link to the Past was this amazing just explosion of let's take this basic core concept and see how far we can take it. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to see a proper follow up to this game and really nothing against uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. It's a brilliant game um, and very much in line with a a, stra- a a I would say a proper intelligent 3D imagining of, of the Kid Icarus brand. You know, it's this the flight stages kind of taking that cool uh scrolling shooter segment what took center stage and then it turned into a 3D kind of action platformer uh fighting against all the the enemies and stuff but also taking into account the new melee attacks that they added for Smash Brothers and it's a very smart game and a very smart evolution of what Kid Icarus was but at the same time we missed out on generations of you know the same kind of evolution that Nintendo's other properties got and uh, after playing, after finishing this game and seeing the very strange ending sequence that looks like it was very much intended to have names in it. So, like, you, you beat Orcos and um, you, you, you go through the, the last sequence of turning Palatino away from stone. And then the, the, the music that we're going to leave you with, uh, which is the ending music... Um, which I guess I'll go, I'll just go ahead and dive into this now, is that the, the, the music plays over this sequence of Pit jumping back and forth uh, where all these cloud platforms are, and the enemies in the game are just sitting on there, but they're not named. Like, uh, you think of the ending of, say, Super Mario World, where they show all the enemies you encountered in the game, and they say what their names were, or even mm-hmm. Super Mario 2, same thing, the little scrolling right. things, you hear all the names of the enemies. But they're just there. They don't throw the names next to them. But what's super weird is that there's a bunch of clouds that are just empty. You'll get like four or five enemies, and then Piddle just jump past three completely empty ones. Huh. And you're like, something was supposed to be here. Like, I'm pretty. I feel confident that the people who made this game were supposed to have their like. This was supposed to be a credit sequence. And it just wasn't like they said, no, don't do that. And then they just quick fixed this. This is my personal theory about this, because looking at this whole sequence is very, very bizarre to me. Uh, it just seems like something was scrubbed off off of it. And it's always struck me that way. This Before I even knew the story of Tose and all that business, like just when I beat this game as a kid, looking at this ending just really made me scratch my head like something was removed from this. It's that, very weird. This game is such a mystery that I want to get to the bottom of now. You've got me so friggin' curious about this. <laughs> yeah, I really, I've, I've been curious about it for years, and I'm going to keep trying. I really want to try to see if I can talk to somebody at Tose, uh, but that's not the easiest thing in the world yeah. for uh, a, a dude from New Jersey to do. But. <laughs> I'm really glad you liked this. I, I had a lot of fun 
uh, playing this for you. This is one that's been on my list since, uh, you know, again, since the show started. Like, boy, I can't wait to do this game. Um, but I obviously like to do this game series in order when I can. And uh, mm-hmm. and I tipped Tanaka's original soundtrack is is beyond brilliant. Um, and speaking of which, uh, that's that's kind of what we're going to listen to. But uh, let's let's do the normal thing and say, uh, well, first, do you have any closing comments? I, I mean, apart, I, I don't have anything to add to what I said. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very happy that you put this in front of me. I liked a lot of it. I loved a lot of it, really. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to check it out, like on my own. Cool. Well, that's, that's going to be it. That's our show. Join us next time as we take another listener request and dive into the often overlooked Squaresoft Super NES classic, The Secret of Evermore. Mm. I'm jazzed because I have very little experience with this game. Um, and yes. it's one that I've always been meaning to cross off my list. And uh, I'm really excited to listen to this music because I, I don't know most of it. So, and I'm assuming it's very good. As always, we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of the video games we discussed here today, and you can do so on the Waveback forum page over on Facebook. Just search for Waveback on Facebook. You'll find more information on our next games. It was a nice, convenient place to talk about them and to make listener requests as we've uh, started. We've been taken and been having a lot of fun with them. So, yes, uh, absolutely. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com. And while you're at it, please check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. So this last track is a very interesting one. It's called Ending. Uh, <laughs> and it is what's interesting about it is it's the beginning. Uh, this is a fresh rendition of the title screen music from the first Kid Icarus game by Hip Tanaka. Um, and it's an interesting take on that song. It's, it's very literal, but because it's the Game Boy, it is slightly different instrumentation. Uh, and it's it, it 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 resolves eventually because this is ending music and it just stop whereas the original one just kind of kept looping. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. The original one did stop as well. I boy, now I'm confusing myself. I almost feel like it has a different resolution at the end of it. But whatever, man. It's it's <laughs> it's Hip Tanaka's Kid Icarus theme. It's super solid. And if you played Smash, you've probably heard this before. But um, I think it's a great way to leave you off uh, for the night and. I hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.